From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for the week of July 27th, 2011, our special 5th anniversary episode. I am joined at the table this week by my good friends Kathy Whirling, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Ben from Canada, who just gave us an amazing segment on our discussion show this week, Kevin Close and John Magi, Walter Eccles, Grace Eccles, Max the Intern, Tracy Heinrich, Scott Smith, and Teresa Eccles back in the peanut gallery. Um, and uh, this is, as I said, our fifth anniversary celebration, our fifth anniversary show. It's just mind-bending for me to think that we have been doing this for five years. I, I, when I, you know, because I, I realized last month, I'm like, oh my god, we're coming up on our fifth anniversary, and it just so much has happened, though. I mean, it feels like it's been like really short, but when I think about it, so much has happened uh, in in these last five years, and I'm going to kind of reminisce about some of that, talk about some of our favorite moments. Um, we have a lot of uh, comments from you, our listeners, about your favorite moments over the years and uh, Kevin's leaning into his microphone I just did this do you realize that we've been doing this for over a thousand hours you figure let's average it out to four hours a week most of the time we go more than four hours but four hours times 52 times five is 1040 now I realize there are weeks that we missed but that sort of makes up for the fact that sometimes we go six or seven hours. Yeah. Or we do two days one week right we something. do two days a week so definitely That's over a thousand, thousand hours. hours yep yep and uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because the show started very differently than the format which you all have come to know and love. Many of you never had the opportunity to listen <laughs> to the original version of the Diz Unplugged, the first one that I, I produced that uh, I thought was going to be just amazing. <laughs> You all had a very different take on that format. And uh, oftentimes we have been asked if we would put up the original first version of the show. You cannot find it anywhere unless you downloaded it. A long time ago. A long time ago. Five years ago. It was there for a while. It was. And we decided to pull it. Uh, June 13th, 2006 was the uh, first show. We were actually ready to do it. On June 6, 2006, but I was not going to curse the show by launching it on 6606. <coughs> so we waited till the 13th. But uh, I had hired two great professional radio professionals from Boston, Nancy and Gordon. Um, and, you know, they read the script that we provided them, and they did a great job. Um, the, the the error and the problem was on my end was 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 the way I produced the show. You guys did not want to hear morning drive time radio, uh, which is basically what it was. And uh, so, in honor of our fifth anniversary, I'm going to do something I swore I would never do. We're going to release 
the very first edition of the Diz Unplugged and let you guys hear it. What happens if they like that one better now? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, Can y'all go back to you know the what? format. <laughs> you know, well, let's 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 take a little listen. Oh. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged, an unofficial and unbiased look at everything you need to know to plan a great Disney vacation. Hi, I'm your host, Nancy Quill, from Boston's Magic 106.7, and very excited to tell you what is in store for this, our inaugural episode. Diz founder and webmaster Pete Werner reflects on the 1993 <laughs> And if you've been thinking about a trip to Disneyland, we'll tell you what's happening as the 50th anniversary continues through the end of the year. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> that's as much as I can listen to. God bless her. Nancy has an amazing voice. I mean, the woman is, she's a great radio talent. I mean, they really were. And they were the most lovely people to work with. I feel terrible that I produce such an awful show. Who put in those sound effects and applause? They did. And you they, did. They, oh. No, they oh. did. They did. <laughs> they, did. Yeah. they were doing it. Because that's pretty cheesy. Yeah. With the, the, the typing Woo! one. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, I think for our fifth anniversary, I, you know, taking a look back at where we came from, that is, in fact, where we came from. And the reviews from that were so horrendous. Well, we never planned on talking. Like on no, mic, well, I, especially me. No, and then do you remember we would type out our news, our stories, and our segments, and sit, and sit here and read them? Read them like off the paper. See, but I wasn't here from the beginning. I don't remember all that. Right. Um, well, you came in. You came in that November. Um, but uh, that was just in a Disneyland show, and then I didn't really start up with the show until after the first of the year at some point. Right. Who was the original when you all started doing it? Who was at the table? It was me. Bob, Ricky Pearson, who was working for us at the time, mm-hmm. Corey. Nice and were you two here for the original one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We John did it and in Kevin. your in, in the other room. Well, in your dining in room. The first one was in. The we dining did the room. first one we did in the dining mm-hmm. room. Yeah, we didn't have any place to record, so we put it, set it up in your dining room. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh! When I started coming, we were in the the closet bedroom. Yeah. Oh, I can't even believe we all sat in there. You were in the peanut room. gallery. There no. was no room for a peanut gallery. I mean, was this was the bed. Yeah. There was yeah. room for a peanut. That's Where the peanut it. gallery is now was the podcast room for the first few and years. And we had a load in. <laughs> and if somebody in the back had to go to the bathroom, everybody, everybody, had, to everybody had to come out. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, yeah. And then a couple of years ago, I had the wall between the two rooms knocked out and, you know, created It was the much. Dallas Cowboys room. That's what I remember. Yeah, it was that blue shag carpet. And the Dallas the, Cowboys light switch. Yep, the Dallas Cowboys light switch. Yeah, wow. that was it, that's, Wait, where'd that come from? That was in, in the house when I bought it. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, then uh, Nancy and Gore, like we said, we were getting like eviscerated in, on iTunes with our reviews. I mean, it was terrible. And uh, so when Nancy and Gordon uh, went on vacation, <laughs> they were going to be gone for a couple of weeks. We decided to step in and do the show. Um, and the only reason it became like a roundtable format was because I was afraid, petrified to do it myself or like mm-hmm. with one other person. Mm-hmm. I figured if there were five of us or six of us, we would be able to like you know, you know, muddle Peter. through it. And I remember the day he told me we were going to have to talk. Mm-hmm. I thought I quit. <laughs> Corey, I, from, we were petrified. No, at, at home, he's like, "I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm telling Pete, I'm not doing it." <laughs> <laughs> but did that happen? No. No. Here we are, five years later. And uh, so let's let's take a, a brief listen. This is readily available on iTunes. This is our 
July uh, or July twenty fourth. Oh, actually, it was July twenty fourth, not the twenty fifth. It was the twenty fourth. Wow, that was my father's birthday. That was yeah, my father's birthday is July twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the July. Well, that's weird. Now the release date says July twenty fourth, but on the podcast name it says July twenty fifth. So whichever date, whichever date. Um, here is what it sounded like. Welcome, everybody, to the Diz Unplugged for the week of July 24th. Um, Pete Warner standing in for Gordon McAdams and Nancy Quill, who are both on vacation this week. I'm um, also joined today by members of uh, some, some of our Orlando team, uh, our graphic designer and assistant webmaster, Corey Martin. That would be me, Corey. <laughs> and our uh, resident photographer and off-property hotel expert, Bob Farley. Hi, everyone. And the newest member of our team, uh, graphic designer and assistant webmaster, Ricky Pearson. Hello, hello. Uh, Ricky just uh, just joined us back in uh, back in January and has been having a... Uh, if you've ever wondered what it would be like to have to go to the theme parks for your job, Ricky's probably uh, someone who could who could tell you. Um, he, uh, he, he's not a, he, he wasn't a big Disney fan prior to coming to work for us. Get to me. Not that he I don't think you were there. <laughs> wasn't his thing. He's not I don't there. think you were there for the first show. And, uh, so this isn't your fifth anniversary leave. A crash course in Disney over the, over the last sure uh, over the last six months, but I, so it was yeah, only four of us. Oh, it's been great. It was the, the jet, four of us. That's what I thought for the first show. Your boss would be calling you, telling you how to be in the Magic Kingdom. At that's why never, so good. never. I need you in the Magic Kingdom. So yeah, that's a little taste. You know, like zero production value. You sound much more no music. Now. Well, I mean, because I, I, honestly, I was literally soiling my pants mm. doing that. I mean, it was just, you know, it, it, it just, it's, it's, you know, people don't realize how difficult it is. People listen to us, and I think we make it sound easy. I never had that feeling. I never had that, I'm scared, I don't want to talk feeling. Well, you started out on camera, not even behind the mic. You started out on camera. Right. Which, watching those now makes me cringe. Oh, I think they're great. I, when we started doing this, I was sure it was our families that were listening. <laughs> oh, not even that. that. My mother wouldn't listen. No one in my family listens uh, it was to like, this. <laughs> you know, I figured it was like people in homeless shelters or something who were going to be forced to listen to us or something. I don't know. I didn't think anybody listened Can intentionally. Going to be part of some, like, intervention. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what your life could be if you don't straighten up and get sober. If you straighten up, you don't have to listen to those. Yeah, well, I mean, right. like, when I told Pete early on, I'm like, I like being behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm a designer. I like saying... Like, I don't want to be the center of attention. I'd rather show what I look did. Look what I did. Look yeah. what I did. Don't, don't look, look at, at me. me. So that was my big issue, right? Of of doing this show. But even now, Corey doesn't talk a no, whole lot. No, he's not a yeah, he's not a big talker. And that's he's got me for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and a lot of this stuff we've talked about over uh, over the years at different points in time as we've done retrospectives on the show. Um, one of the things I'm not going to do. Uh, in this in, in this show is play an awful lot of clips uh, from the past. This stuff is all pretty readily available uh, in the archives. You can go back and listen to a lot of these shows, and we will provide links to as many of them as we can remember, um, so that you can go find uh, find some of the things that we're, we're that we're talking about. But um, I, I, you know, I can't even say I remember why I wanted to do this. It was Bob. Well, well, Bob. No, Bob wanted to do a television show. But Bob wanted to it do. It was the all tele- tied up in that we should be doing something that was more, you know, something that was audio or visual. Or I remember because um, we, you know, 
I remember being on the internet and seeing this is like when the XML um, files started come uh, becoming really popular on the on the internet. I'm like, what the hell's an XML file? And it kind of you know started digging in, and it, it led me to, to podcasting. I'm like, whoa, this is this is this is weird. You know, this is uh, I don't know what an XML file is. I don't know what a podcast is. And I, you know, I went to Pete. I'm like, there's a po- there's a thing called podcasting out there. And Pete took it from there. Well, and said, you guys had first brought it to me before that. And I had said to you, until we know what it is we want to do, then, you know, unless we have something that makes us different, because there were other ones out there right. at the time. We weren't, you know, we certainly weren't the first. Um, unless we know what we want to do that's going to set us apart and make us different, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. I remember Bob saying we could set up a camera in front of each one of us and put the camera on the table and shine it up at our faces, and I thought, yeah, that's the perfect. Well, because Bob had done Bob had done a, a cable access show in Massachusetts um, with his son Matt and about Disney, and they would take phone calls, and it was very like kind of Wayne's World almost. This is available on the site too. It yeah, is. We have it up on the site, and. That's what Bob wanted to do. Bob wanted to do a, a, a show like that on the web. And, um, you know, you go back. And, you know, when I watch, I mean, it's it's tough for me to watch some of that stuff with Bob just because it makes me miss him. Um, but uh, and that's one of the reasons we're not doing an audio retrospective. Yeah, I, I was trying to go through some of those clips, and I still can't. I oh, really tough, can't. Yeah. I, it's too much for me. I'll sit here and cry. It, that's it. And it's, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to do that. Um, but uh, the uh, w- it, was, it was just a uh, – when we decided that uh, we would do a show, you know, our hook was going to be that we had radio professionals doing mm-hmm. the show. And that was going to set us apart. That yeah. was going to set us apart. Yeah. Mm, okay. And it did. It did. It made us the worst ones out there. And then after we did that first show, and, uh, you know, instantly, you know, we got this great feedback. And so we, you know, we, we kind of went from there. And, you know, now five years later, here we sit. We've thrown some pretty outrageous parties. Um, we've gone on some pretty outrageous vacations. We've uh, had some pretty outrageous events on the cruise line. Got to see and do things that other people have not been able to see and do. Yep, it, nice. it's, and share them with other people. Mm-hmm. It's been it's it's been awesome, and <laughs> get to uh, you know I, I I like to think there's a level of honesty on the show. We try to we we, we strive for that, and uh, you know I've shared things about myself on this show. That to this day, um, I get emails about, which really means a lot to me. That you know, people, it meant something to people. Um, we've all kind of shared mm-hmm. our lives. Um, you know, we we we've gone through Corey and Julie's pregnancy uh, twice, <laughs> twice. Um, you know, we've 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 kind of uh, you know, Kevin's mom passing. Um, my mom and my dad, yeah, and your dad, say, both parents. Um, you know, and and this has all kind of gone on in full view of of our of our listeners, and we haven't haven't held back too much, right? Um, I think it'd be weird if we did. Mm-hmm. It would. It would. I think we would be come across as more dishonest because, you know, I mean, like, what if we just didn't talk about Ferris at all? Yeah. You know. 
Exactly. Well, one of the conversations I remember having when we first did this was we talked about should we have on-air personalities? And that was a discussion one day. And I we talked about it, and I thought to myself, I can't do that. I don't have any training to do that. If I can't be myself, I don't want to play. Like playing a role? Is that what you're kind of Not a role about? so much as you know, a, you know, a stage persona. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, be, being something different on mic than we were off in some way. Um, Boy, and I get too it difficult. just didn't, it <laughs> didn't fit. Yeah. Well, you know, again, her well, you got to, you got to, you got to understand that we had absolutely no experience doing this. We had no idea what was involved in doing this. None. Right. So it was, you know, we we had to ask these questions and, you know, flesh out the idea. You know, what did we want this? What did we want this to be? And in some ways, it exceeded my expectations, and in other ways. Uh, there's a lot more I want it to do and be. You know, I, there are things I see five years on that I'd like to look back and say, okay, we did this, we did that, we did this, we did that. I remember when you told me you wanted me to do a restaurant review, and I said to you, do you really want my honest opinion? Or am I supposed to candy coat this and make sure that Disney, everything at Disney is fabulous and wonderful and Tinkerbell? And you said, no, tell the truth. And I thought, all right, that I can mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And well, that, that, that kicked off your restaurant reviews with the sad, sad little, little crab, crab cake, cake goes which, down in history. Which uh, you know, was many, that the first one? That was the first, that was the first one. Yeah. Coral Reef at oh. Epcot. That was the home. That was the the birth of the sad little crab cake, yeah. and that also that review got the sad little crab cake pulled off the menu at the Coral Reef. Like a couple of weeks later, mm-hmm. it was off the menu. It's like wow, people are listening, and that was like oh wow. Wow, they're actually, you know, we got to remember that, you know, we're going to say this stuff. The people we're talking about maybe actually listen. You know, the podcast, I mean, it really, it's given the site a voice. And it's also brought us, you know, the Orlando team, you know, inside of an office or inside of a room every week. You know, we were all, always communicating through email. We maybe saw each other yeah. once every... <laughs> you know it's bad when you run up to John and I'm in the Michaels parking lot and I'm like, John, John! And he's like, who's this tiny person waving at me? <laughs> Leave me alone, lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was, that was particularly um, important and difficult for me at the same time. That was, the, we started this show in what I consider the height of my depression, um, when I really struggle with depression. And the worst thing for a depressed person to be is alone and cut off. And every week, people were coming to this house. And that meant every week, I at least once, I had to shower, I had to dress, and I had to clean. And that may sound funny, but when you're in the midst of a hardcore, unbreakable depression, um, it is Herculean. And that's one of the reasons when I say in a lot of ways this show saved my life, that's what I mean, is that it forced me out of it. It forced me out of that depression um, and eventually forced me out of my addiction. Um, and for that, I owe our listeners an amazing uh, debt of gratitude Uh if you didn't listen, we couldn't do this. And I don't know what my life would look like if I didn't imagine yeah. if I didn't have to if if I didn't during that period if I didn't have to get dressed and clean and shower and be here and be present in front of all of you people as present as I could be at that time. Um, I don't know what my life would look like today. So you know, 
this the show has definitely meant a great deal to us as well. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, you know, what some of our favorite memories are. Um, what, what some of our favorite segments were. And we're going to talk about what some of your favorite segments were. But first, we are going to talk about giving something away. <laughs> because I want to give something away. And we're going to give away two things. We're going to give away a podcast cruise. And we're going to give away an Adventures by Disney trip for two. Wow. Backstage Magic Tour. It can be with the team. It cannot be with, you know, not with the team. We are going to do a couple of them next year. Um, but winning the podcast cruise is really simple. Just sign up for our newsletter, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and we're going to draw a winner from that uh, at random in the first show that we do in October, and I don't have the date in front of me, but that's after we get back from all our travels. Um, uh, let's also say, too, that it could be on either Podcast Cruise 3.0 or, Three or 4. Or 4, it's your choice. Um, two adults. Two adults. On Podcast Cruise 3 or 4, just sign up for the newsletter, and you have a chance of winning at random. Now, and that would be your cruise fare only does not include air or transfers or any of that stuff. Thank you, attorney. <laughs> I'm just getting it out there because I know the questions are coming. John is the fine print. He'll be staying in steerage. <laughs> now, for the Adventures by Disney trip, you're going to have to work a little bit harder. A little bit harder. We have a little bit of a scavenger hunt. Kind of a scavenger hunt with some essay questions thrown in. Nothing too hard. But there are ten items questions that you have to answer or write out. Here's here's the rule. In terms of anything that requires research, you must provide a link to back up your answer. You can't just answer it and say it's right. You have to provide a link for us to verify that it is correct. It does not have to be on the Diz can be anywhere you find it. The first one the first one is an essay question, 100 words or less. What is Adventures by Disney? Number 2. Where can you find trip reports from Adventures by Disney guests on the Diz? Provide a direct link. Again, this is easy. 3. On which Adventures by Disney trips or trip will you visit the Vatican? And there is more than one correct answer to that question. On which Adventures by Disney trip will you visit the Arenal Chioro Hotel? On which Adventures by Disney trip or trips will you take a gondola ride in Venice? Again, more than one correct answer. On which Disney Cruise Line itineraries can you add an Adventures by Disney component to your cruise? There are four correct answers to this, and you must name them all. On which Adventures by Disney vacation would you experience a sheep shearing? There's only one correct answer to that. You can't silence the lambs, Clarice. <laughs> Which Adventures by Disney vacation most interests you and why? No limit on the number of words you can use there. 
Dreams Unlimited Travel is offering an American Express gift card up to $500 on select Adventures by Disney trips. How much would your gift card be if you booked the Grand Canyon Family Vacation, also known as Southwest Splendors, on September 23rd, 2011, for two adults? And finally, in 100 words or less, tell us which Adventures by Disney vacation would be your dream trip and why. You will submit those via email. My brain hurts. I'm glad I can't Have it notarized. (laughs) You will submit those via email to abd at wdwinfo.com. This will run through... Let's say we'll, we'll, we'll run it through October 1st, and we'll announce the winner on the first show in October. And we will select at random from all the people that get the correct answers to everything. We'll, we'll select at random. Um, if there is a tie, or if there, nobody gets all the correct answers, we'll, you know, whoever got most of them right, we'll kind of do that. And we will factor in, in 100 words or less, tell us which Adventures by Disney vacation would be your dream trip and why. That will play a role in our decision as to who gets it. So hmm. so it's, some questions have more weight than others. This is like a college course. That's uh, exactly what I'm thinking. Show all your work. Turn in your blue books. <laughs> yes. Well, we want I hated them. those blue books. No, I, I think you put a lot of work into that. That's but, a lot of... I know it's it's great. Yeah. You really did. So, what's the well, fine print, John? Every, uh, everybody's eligible except family members and blah 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 blah. Exactly. Blah, blah. Well, that's true <laughs> of any contest. Yeah, you do. Yeah. None of our rel- none travel. Of our you cannot win a trip, Teresa. No, I'm not talking about. me. I'm just saying. Employees and their families. She hasn't gone on enough trips this year, apparently. Please, I'm, stick me. I'm done. Two adults on an Adventures by Disney backstage magic trip um, does not include your airfare. Does it include your oxygen? <laughs> well, this is fun. That's something a little different to do. We haven't done one of these in a long time, so I thought we would do something like that. Essence. These questions will all be uh, posted on the website along with the uh, requirements and all that good stuff. I just wanted to read it out for everybody so they could hear what it is they'd be doing. None of this is hard to find. This is really is not difficult at all. Wikipedia is not always right. <laughs> exactly. No hints. So it's a chance to win an Adventures by Disney trip for two. Retail value of that is over $3,000. Chance to win a podcast cruise. Retail value of that depends on which cruise you choose. Incalculable. Priceless. <laughs> Priceless. <laughs> so. Let's go ahead and start talking about our favorite moments. Our favorite moments on 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 the show. And I can tell you that one of my favorite moments just happened 20 minutes ago. Mm. Uh the segment that Ben did on having autism and being at Walt Disney World. I I got to be honest with you Ben, I'm not I was saying it to you, your mom and to Corey outside one of, if not the best segment we've had on the show. You did an amazing job. I agree. You did an amazing Absolutely. job. And uh, just very enlightening. And it's one of the things I love about this show is that, you know, I'll, I'll hear things that will surprise me and teach me. And, you know, sometimes you do this for so long and you think this, you're really not going to hear anything new or 
then you hear something like that and it just kind of changes your world so um you know i would never have heard that story if we didn't have this show so thank you for that um that is certainly one of my will will certainly go down as one of my my favorite moments um another one of my favorite moments it's not exactly a single moment but it was the opportunity to there's no way to say this without sounding condescending or grandiose but okay it was the opportunity to be able to share Bob with the rest of the world it was you know creating the venue by which a lot of people got to know him and the impact he made on so many which we saw when he passed it's funny because one of the things I was going to say when you asked me was the overwhelming outpouring of grief and affection and loss and heartache and laughter when Bob died. Yep. Yep. And, but, you know, I, I've, I, I've really been choosing to focus on, well, uh, while that is wonderful and that was an amazing uh, display of expression and emotion, um, you know, going back and listening to some of the old shows that Bob was in, um, you know, he just brought something different. And again, we've said this so many times, I feel like I'm kind of rehashing it, but um, it really was great for me to know that I could play a role in, you know, kind of handing him a microphone and letting him go. Unleashing him. Unleashing him on the world and the world being a better place for it, I think. Um, And... You know, some of my my most memorable moments on this show were with Bob, and I know that it was in. There were times that we went too far. There were times that we we busted on him too much, but he always took it, and he he always took mm-hmm. it in stride. You know, you talk about uh, you know what our favorite segments are. You know, from the shows, my favorite. I mean, Bob did a ton uh, of my favorite segments, but one that stands out. I was listening to the show like an average listener listening now. I wasn't at that show. I listened the next day, and that was a show where he brought favorite he brought uh, empty Dole Whip ca- uh, containers to the podcast. I will never forget that. I was laughing so hard because I just wasn't expecting it. It just it, nobody was. It just you know. And I was. Corey, it was this whole production. He wheeled the cooler in, and he reached in the cooler, and he was and nobody could look in the and cooler. I, and I'm listening, and nobody I'm. Could I'm look in the Well, Colleen V., one of our listeners, wrote in about her favorite moment on the podcast. It is my lifelong dream to visit Australia, so it's no surprise that my favorite podcast is from September 2009, when a very jet-lagged Pete and Walter recount their Australian experience. I loved every bit of this segment, from the iPhone disaster to the sheep farm visit, where Pete gets attacked by nature. I went back and listened to it again to see if it was as funny as I remembered, and it was. Here are a few highlights. On the shower window at the hotel, Walter, we called it the peekaboo shower. Pete, all it needed was a stripper pole. On the fitness level of the Aussies, it was like an Abercrombie and Fitch convention. On the lack of privacy in public restrooms, John, you could see down under. (laughs) 
on the trip to the Outback, Pete, they gave you a laundry list of all the things that could kill you. On the ropeway tour above the rainforest, Pete, I risked my life riding in those little sky ride things. And the few times I actually opened my eyes, it was lovely. <laughs> I could go on. It was all hilarious and wonderful. Thank you for that. And congratulations on five years of podcasting, Colleen. So, John, what about you? I think my favorite moments are a surprise to me. Like Corey, I never wanted to be in front. I was always content with being behind the scenes. My favorite moments are live shows. Especially the first live show we did with a substantial audience. Not just Tracy and Chris hanging over the desk at the Swan Dolphin. <laughs> that counts uh, the, as the Gaylord weirdest Palms. show. Yeah. Gaylord Palms, yeah. That counts as the weirdest show we ever did. That really creeped is. me out. The okay. live, well, that was the live radio broadcast we did on Diz Radio from the Gaylord Palms. <laughs> yeah. That was in uh, the November of 2008. Why are they looking at I us? was very pregnant. And, and yes, it was weird to people looking down on you. We're like lined up at the information counter. It's like, yeah. yeah. like the fry booth. You know? <laughs> we were sitting at a ticket it's like selling. We should have been making subs. Booth, and we were all sitting side by side, and we invited the public to come and watch us. And the public consisted of Tracy and Chris Heinrichs, who sat with their elbows on the counter and their chins on their hands and watched us. And I thought, this is the weirdest thing I've ever done. And, and everybody Corey else I, wanted to buy ice to tickets a from mic, us. Which is yeah. totally weird. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like sharing my mic. I don't like sharing anything for that matter. So <laughs> just I a note for that. everyone. People kept coming up and thinking they could Well, you, share some, you <laughs> must share some things because you got two kids. So. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? I should be specific. They don't call that mic. <laughs> <laughs> they call it Donald. Quack, quack. Yeah, that was a weird show. That was weird. But so, John, you like the live show? What shows. was our very first one that we did? Was that on the, the a cruise? Uh, the the first the live season? one, I, I want to say. You did one at the, um, outside at the Swan Dolphin. Yeah, but that wasn't really a live show. That was We had some people come join us. But when Yvette so Emile showed up, we, and I like ran at her, Pete thought she was like an old friend of mine, but I knew who she was. Event. It's the first time we met Yvette mm-hmm. and Emile, but that that, I wouldn't really consider cool. that a live show because there was only a, a, a couple of people there. The first substantial live show we did, yeah, would have been uh, uh, would have been on the on the first podcast cruise when we were in the Buena Vista Theater. That was fun. Those are fun shows mm-hmm. to do. Fun shows to do. I'm no lived in fear of that show. We were very yeah. Well, I think yeah, that's the why first it was one, a surprise yeah. is because I was really really nervous. I thought this is going to go crash. I have to be burn. honest and say I'm still uncomfortable with it because you think. What's going to happen? Are we going to freeze up? Are we not going to talk? Is it going to? Oh, I like, no, I, like I, I do not. I do not fear that anymore. Not with this group. No, no. I, I like I, being like this. I don't like being in front of everyone. Be, uh, yeah, because if we all of a sudden we all just stop talking, you can cut that out. Yeah. When there's four hundred or five hundred people sitting there looking at you, you have to keep there. It's also spinning those plates. It's also a different dynamic. We have to get used to being in a line as opposed to being in a round table and facing each other. So there's that added discomfort there. But but I think we also I also feel like it's a beauty pageant. Like I have to sit there and just keep smiling, or else they're going to think I'm miserable. <laughs> no, I think we felt at least for me, like you feel the energy of the room. Yeah, right. It's the feedback. You feed off the energy. Yeah, feedback. I mean, you really do, and you get that and instant the, response to your comments, and and all the 
I was shocked by people bringing up and laying gifts at our feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's like we're Jesus it's getting like, our frankincense and myrrh. And they back away. It's like, what the, <laughs> what the crap? I think the, most, I think the most awkward thing is like when sitting in a straight line like that. We're not, yeah, like, we're not, we're not able to look, look at each other in the The last eye. one was good because they'd angled it yeah, a little. Yeah. So it hurts our see. camaraderie. Well, I, when we talk... It's like you're looking at the person you're talking to. It's not mm-hmm. like you're just talking out into a void. There's actual eye contact and, and recognition. And it's easier to know when someone else wants to talk. Right. Well, the last show we did, um, the lights were so bright, you can barely even see anybody in the audience. Oh, I couldn't see. Uh, that was good. I couldn't see that. <laughs> yes. So that was your... That, that, that was That's your, part of my favorite things. I mean, there's there are moments on the shows. There's Bob and the... Pig dude story and the there were so many Bobisms. Right, I mean from Mojitos to Dole Whips to the there delete, time, delete, delete. <laughs> we would sit here and laugh so hard that our cheeks would hurt. And he, you know, he just he fit in so perfectly with the uh, with with the format of the show. And you know uh, uh, what a lot of people didn't realize was that he was he was playing that playing that angle. We've talked he was about he was before. definitely being genuine. He wasn't being disingenuous at all, but he he knew what was he funny. Knew, yeah. He knew when to pitch a he knew when to pitch us a ball. Yep, really allowed him to really show his creative, you know, crazy right. Bob side. Don't really you remember the hate it. mail we used to get? Oh, yes. we picked on him. Leave Bob alone. And I would come <laughs> into the podcast the next week and say to people, "But you don't understand that Bob and Diana and my, John and I went out to dinner Saturday night." And then we planned our next vacation together. And they say, you're still picking on them. And I think, I'm really not. Well, you know, it was it was exactly what we did with him before we ever did the show, when there wasn't mics on. And we'd be sitting around with Bob, and Bob would say something like that. So he said something like something Bobish, And we would crack up. We went on a trip with Bob. It was a cruise, and on the way to the cruise, we drove down in separate cars. We got out of a rest area, and Bob come running up to us. I found the coolest thing on the Internet. It's this piece of paper, and you fold it a certain way, and you could write on it. So, of course, that was the joke. <laughs> You've invented the note. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he said, you fold it a certain way, and then you can unfold it and fold it back, and you can write on both sides of the paper. Gets so mad at us. <laughs> and I would say, Bob, you invented this? No, I found it on the internet. I said, you've never written on a folded piece of paper before? He was sure that this was going to storm the country. This was going to revolutionize the earth, yeah. I, I might have told this story before. So we went to, on a Royal Caribbean cruise, where we went to Haiti, and you stop in Labadee. And when you get out in Labadee, there's a couple of sheds where they have vendors selling things. And Bob decided that he was going to haggle. And the man would say to Bob, Bob decided he was going to buy a chess set. And the man would say, it's $45. And Bob would say, I'll give you two. (laughs) And I pulled Bob aside and I said, you're not haggling right. (laughs) You have to kind of be in the same ballpark. You might go a couple of dollars up or down. And he goes, no, I know. So we'd go to the next booth and the man would say, it's $60. And Bob would say, I'll give you $1.50. Well, we worked our way all the way around. I finally just decided, Bob, you're on your own. Do this by yourself because they're going to hit you. So we must have done this for two solid hours. He finally got this man down from $60 for a chess set 
$2. And the man, I think he just wore the man down. And he had a, he had a very special talent for doing right. that to people. Yeah. That he finally said, fine, I'll sell it to you for $2. And Bob goes, I don't really want it, and walked away. And I just stood there with my mouth open, and I thought, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to get on the ship, and I'm going to kill him. I spent two hours doing this, and he doesn't really even want the chess set. And I got back on the ship, and I said, what the hell is wrong with you? And he said, I just wanted to see if I could get him to say yes. Okay, well, <laughs> without even knowing it, you just answered a question I was going to ask you. The, you guys have a walking stick that says Labadee on it mm-hmm. in your house. And I had no idea. And we got them on, on our trip. Like, what kind of a language is that? And <laughs> what does it mean? It's where Royal right. Caribbean. It's, where you sta- it's Royal Caribbean's um, Castaway Key. One of my one of my favorite things that uh, Kevin and I do restaurant reviews together, and we have a good time. We usually try to have a good time. One of the funniest <laughs> restaurant reviews where we couldn't stop laughing was the Luau at the Polynesian. I remember my sides hurt. It was so funny with the one who was the drag queen. No, you're talking about, you're talking about Ohana. 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 Yeah. Ohana. Not the luau. That's oh, and thought. be nice. Be nice to Lapoa. I love mm-hmm. her. Oh, she was a freak and a half that Was night. it Lapoa, though? It was Lapoa. Same one? Okay. I, we love Lapoa. How Walter long has and she I, been there? She's been there for a long time. Since and 1918. I absolutely, Walter and I absolutely love Lapoa. Yeah, that night, I got to tell you, though. She's a Facebook night, friend. It was so much fun. You have to understand, there was a vast discussion on the boards. Lapoa had been terminated from Disney. Right. Because a customer complaint that she had done something inappropriate, inappropriate in front of children. Well... I had never heard of her. I had never seen her before. And we sat there, and she sat at the table behind us, full of children, telling them all about what she had been accused of doing. And I thought she was a female impersonator. And we, we had been sat at this table. It was a table for four that they pushed into a corner and up against a window. So while it was a four top, there were only two seats available. The other two, John and I ate facing the corner. And we were laughing so bad because we thought she was a drag queen. Well, the next thing I know, I look up and she's behind us and she's got the microphone in my face and she says, what's so funny? Oh. Which I thought was even funnier. <laughs> it's like when a teacher calls on you in class. Mm-hmm. What's so funny? Share it with the class. We had, we had a good time. Was, I now, was surprised we didn't nice. get thrown out. Where you know, uh, Walter and I, was it last year, Walter? Sometime last year, we had gone over to Ohana to have dinner and Lapoa was performing. And, yeah, you know, it's a, a um, you know, she's very over the top. There's no question. She's, she's got personality for days. But I got to tell you, that woman worked so damn hard to entertain those kids. And I don't know any place you can go where you could get that kind of live interactive entertainment for your kids while you're having dinner. Mm-hmm. And the kids absolutely were, I mean, they, she was like the Pied Piper. And did she have on her little hat? Of course, she always has on her little and her hat. her little ukulele? Yes, yep, And course. did she make you kiss on the lips? No. She sang Fool's Russian. Yeah, I, I remember. I'm just saying that... You they know, had a different experience than we did. It's just that's one of my favorite memories. We had such a it was such a weird, surreal night for us. That, that night we went with David Zanola and his school kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had she a great was, time. She was awesome. She was amazing. That night. She was amazing. And, and, and Walter and I just love her. Walter and I absolutely love her. One of my favorite moments in what we do, it was actually the moment that gave me goosebumps, was the last time we had a party at Toy Story Mania. And we stood across 
um, Pixar Street, and our guests were allowed to come in, and we could watch them walking towards us. Mm-hmm. Running. What were there, 700 <laughs> yeah. people, 800 mm-hmm. people? 700 at that party. And they, we could hear them coming before they got to us. That gave me goosebumps. It was mm-hmm. the weirdest. That was the weirdest feeling to watch these people walking towards us. I don't think it's something I'll ever get used to. Um, it's just, it shocks me every time. Yeah. Well, one of the other uh, listener comments about their favorite moments comes to us from Ellie, Tink One Twenty Seven on the boards. Just wanted to share with you my favorite moment from listening to the podcast. I love the podcast from October two thousand ten, when Walter actually was doing a rapid fire and he was talking about Universal's Halloween event. It was actually, I believe, SeaWorld's. Um, I believe it was spooktacular. He said it several times throughout the segment. It was so nice to see that side of his personality since normally Walter is the quiet one. Yes. A lot of people have commented when we asked, what was your favorite moment? A lot of people have commented that they loved spooktacular. Because it yeah. came out of nowhere. It was, it was so <laughs> Oh, please. Unexpected. I heard it for a whole year. <laughs> yeah, Teresa was the only one who knew he was going to say it. I got the... Come on, the, Walter. Give us one. Spooktacular. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it, I saw it, and I, it jogged my memory, so I called Teresa. I'm like, I'm going to do Spooktacular, but this is how I'm going to do it. And then I, I, I did it like three different times. I'm like, oh, and I came up with this. <laughs> and I just kept calling her saying, Spooktacular. And she's like, okay, okay, just do it. But <laughs> Stop calling me. I think you got it. I think you got it. It's so funny. A lot of people commented that that was uh, that was one of their one of their favorite moments, and of course, you know, a lot of the Bob ones, you know, the Pig Dude and the Pierre Jute and the Mojito, um, uh, you know, those those are those are perennial fan favorites. Um, Sad little crab cake is another mm-hmm. one that just gets. I was looking at our show notes page, and it was the second show we did. Because no, it was actually the third show we did. Where Kevin did his first restaurant review, August eighth. Another one that gets a lot is the party bus discussion. You guys, yeah. have. Oh, <laughs> really? As this is a wow. yeah, this gets a lot of. Uh, we got to do that. Yeah, we do. No, we, we don't. Yeah, yeah we, we do. do. We do. We do. That'd be awesome. I think it'd be so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like a yeah road trip. You there's know? there's Woo. a company in Orlando that runs a party bus, and people can rent it out, and you usually take it somewhere. You take it to an event, and there's music and drinks, and apparently there's we can just ride around Orlando. I think it should yeah. start here, and then Pete. Just they drive it around and pick us all up at our houses, <laughs> and then we just go somewhere. We have to do it at some point. We really I'm telling you, it should be your bachelor bachelor party. Yeah, the party bus. <laughs> He's like, well, can I hire the stripper? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Teresa and I were going to work the pole, yeah. weren't we? Right. Oh, that's funny yeah, <laughs> to remember. Okay, no, I'm not going to be able to unsee that. <laughs> They've already bought their tassels and everything. Oh, <laughs> now I'm not going to be able to unsee it. <laughs> twirl, twirl. <laughs> Left, right. <laughs> it takes a lot of practice to do that. I need those. to bleach my brain. Does it, Julie? <laughs> yeah, she's been practicing. <laughs> Kathy, what about you? What's your what, what, what's some of your most memorable moments on the show? Actually, probably the first time I got to come here. I got to do a review of Wilderness Lodge. And I had listened to the podcast from the very beginning. And to get to come 
to this room meant the world to me. It was like I had gone where people wanted to go, and I was the person that got to be here. Wow. And, and just talking about it now just gives me goosebumps because it, it was – it was like, I don't even know how to explain it because it was like, wow, I get to be in the Bob Varley studio because I had listened to you guys and I had talked back to the radio. And when I got to see like Bob in the parks and at the Swan Dolphin meet that night, and I, I forget what I had told him. And he's there like, really? You, you like listened or heard it? And I was like touched that like he actually cared. And I did get to meet the rest of you. But that it was. We didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, you know, just being here, and then like when we were up in Massachusetts, and all the people were coming up, and you know, I have kids, older kids, that always remind me, and like, oh, people actually listen to you, and to see like Katie, like realize that people actually listen to me. Mm-hmm. It's very humbling, isn't it? It is, and I said to see. That like us sitting around a table talking, you know, inspired like that group up in Massachusetts and all these other ones that are doing Give Kids the World, that it's just us sitting here talking and that these people take the ideas that we talk about and they're out making money and they're listening to us. I'm not like, wow, how powerful is that? That, you know, sometimes when you think you don't make a difference, look at the difference we're making. Well, you were also in a, a really tough situation joining the team when you did because you were the first person to be added to the show after Bob died. Um, And we had decided uh, I had decided after Bob died that the sixth seat at the table would never be a permanent seat. That we would, you know, kind of rotate people in and out of that. Because I never wanted it to seem like we were replacing Bob. And Kind of, you know, now it's, it's it's a lot more fluid. The show's a lot more fluid, so it's not as big a deal. But uh, because I think it's it's clear we could never replace Bob, and we never tried to. But you just brought a whole different energy uh, to the show. I mean, you have an amazing knowledge, and, a, and a, you have that 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 pure passion uh, for Disney. That just that's it's an absolute unbridled pure passion for Disney. That is is so great that no matter how long you live here. How many time you go, times you go into those parks, you never lose that. No, I haven't. You have that same, like, almost that childlike, wide-eyed excitement mm-hmm. about it that I, th- I love. That's one of the things I love about you. And I Thank think that's you. one of the things you bring to the show that, you know, some of us on this side of the table can be a little jaded. <laughs> he means you, Ben. <laughs> can be a little jaded. And, you know, and then there's the business aspect of it for us that has definitely changed our perceptions and... Um, you know, I, 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 or I readily admit that, you know, I've lost some of that. Um, well, ask me sometime what I thought of the, the Lights Motors Action show last week, because I could have done a Pete rant. Oh, really? Done, done you proud, yes. I think everybody who sits at this table, whether it's every week or rotates in and out, brings a different perspective, mm-hmm. which is what's great about it. It's things that we wouldn't see, wouldn't do, wouldn't experience because of our lives, Someone else comes in and brings that in. I right. think that's true of every Disney fan. I didn't think we were going to do this show after Bob died. I didn't want to. Yeah, neither did I. Oh, it was I tough coming back in this room. But that was Diana. That was Diana who said to us, you, abs- you better do it. You better. He'll, he'd kill you if you stop doing it uh, after, after it he was gone. He would die twice knowing that he killed the show. Don't you remember not wanting to do it? 
it was just like, I don't want to go and do that again. It was a weird time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that ever really crossed my mind. There was so much going on. I mean, besides the fact that mm-hmm. Bob was missing from the show, he was missing from our business and from our lives. So it was there was a lot of pieces to pick up. It was just yeah. so different for Corey and I because, you know, two days after Bob died, we found out we were pregnant. Yeah. You well, those a couple days before Bob died is when we all went to the Joe Rody thing at Animal Kingdom. And we were sitting there waiting for the, the show to start. And Katie was sitting beside me very quietly singing the Nemo songs. Mm-hmm. And Bob just turned over and goes, is she going to sing every damn song? <laughs> and I'm going, Whoa. Whoa. happy, smiley person, right? <laughs> but I said it was just so funny because Katie was so quiet. I didn't think anybody heard it, but Bob did. You smiled about something. What did you well, read? I'm just I'm, I'm, uh, reading some of the favorites on Facebook. Um, Michelle Moody says, uh, John and Kevin trekking through Epcot to the Via Napoli opening. <laughs> Send back supplies. Tell them where our bodies can be found. <laughs> I was so sweaty. And they shot off that freaking paper confetti cannon. <laughs> and I had confetti stuck to me. Is that the one where Kathy took the boat over? Yeah. She oh, shot a shuttle. A yeah. shuttle, yeah. Oh, you didn't see the shuttle? <laughs> and, we and what was funny was we had walked from, it was, it was the middle of summer and it was so hot. It, we walked from the parking lot and they wouldn't, we kept getting to certain points and they would make us stop because this was the, before the park opened. And we kept saying to them, but don't you understand that you invited us and that you have this opening? And then they would have to get somebody else with a walkie-talkie to call the next person who was 10 feet further on to let us pass that roadblock. And we kept thinking, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. So the last, we started to run. <laughs> that's Again, it's like Teresa and Kathy on the pole. It's not a picture you really <laughs> want to put in your head. Huh. And we finally got in front of Via Napoli just as they, re- <laughs> they shot off that <laughs> That confetti cannon, so like we had confetti stuff. <laughs> looking like pinatas. And I'm walking around and going, why isn't anybody else hot and sweaty? Everybody else looks really good. And Kathy walked up and said, didn't you guys take the shuttle? <laughs> I almost had an actual physical conniption fit. <laughs> Another one that was a, a big fan favorite was Bob Golf. Bob's explanation of how he plays golf. How he made up his own rules to the game of golf. And, you know, all that stuff, all that stuff uh, on the, the Best of Bob show that we did a few years back is all there. Those are timeless. If you haven't heard that stuff, we're going to make sure we have a, a link to the Best of Bob show. You've got to go back and listen to that stuff. I was listening uh, to that the other night. Again, I was thinking about pulling it out and putting it in the show. And um, You know, but like I said, it, it, gets, it gets me emotional. But it's one of those things where I'm laughing through my tears. Because it is, some, I mean, that stuff is just so funny. damn funny. Yeah. And I was in the room for it. I mean, I've heard this stuff a lot. And I was in the room for it, and I just, I, I listened to it. And, you know, especially the Pig Dude one. If you hear that whole segment, that whole Pig Dude segment and how that unfolded. And that was two parts. That was a two-parter, yeah. The next week it came back and clarified the Pig Dude. <laughs> <laughs> and you go back and you listen. I mean, that is just, that's such, it's, it's priceless. It's priceless. So... And 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 uh, Scott, you'll be happy to know that uh, I can't quit you uh, is getting some votes too. <laughs> Scott's going to have a thousand people come up to him at some point in the next year and go, "I can't quit you." Uh. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
So how about you, Miss Julie? Costa Guadamexa Rico. I don't <laughs> no. care what you say. Don't go no, there. I was already allowed. I already, I've already pre-approved yes, this. Pre-approved oh. this. Um, now by for those, far, one of even because uh, even leading up to it with Bob, you know, he had he wore the red, white, and blue ears for the mm-hmm. whole segment. You know, he was so super excited about it and just going on and on. And then again, <laughs> I mean, I still laugh thinking about it. Well, what was funny was that caused so much dissension. And it's, and it's not even your word. It's not my word. You I, were it, quoting it caused, it caused dissension from a lot of, you know, this is what goes on on the Internet. It's mm-hmm. what goes on on the Internet. I mean, it just it goes with the territory. And, you know, some people were genuinely offended by it. Others were just being self-righteous. And because again, it, I always know, steal from the best. That was a direct line. From a Will and Grace episode, mm-hmm. that and, that particular thing was a perfect example of how Bob would allow us to use him as a foil and hijack his his segments. Uh, and, and he we just hij- kept going, and the more he kept going, the funnier it got because we kept saying more and more stupid stuff. And no, I'm not releasing the un, the unedited version of that. We did that once before; didn't work out well. No, but it's something that never goes back on the internet. One of my like this is you know announcing our pregnancies was always exciting, especially the first one um, I, because Pete was the only person who knew. I think Pete and Walter maybe were the only people who actually knew that I was pregnant. So telling you guys was a shock, and of course for the listeners. But then, like the outpouring of gifts, especially with Ferris's pregnancy, yeah, it was so overwhelming From around the world. I mean, like I had a cyber shower basically. You know, I mean, like I did not expect gifts. I, I didn't, and especially not the amount that we got. And so, like I tried so hard to send like physical thank you notes for people I had addresses for. Um, if I didn't have an address, I would try to send an email, but it just got to be so much that I think I ended up doing like a, a thank you on the show. Um, but I mean, I I enjoy sharing, you know, with both of our kids, with with everyone. It's fun. Who's not proud of their children? You know. You know, and after Ferris was born, I think one of the, you know, like for me, uh, you know, one of the scariest times, but also the happiest times, was uh, announcing he had Down syndrome. You know, finding out the news from a doctor is one thing, but then it's like, okay, now we have to tell our family. But not only our family, we have to. We I guess we didn't have to, but we we did because the you know all of our listeners followed us through the entire pregnancy. So, the it's the, it's like but they deserve. We both never yeah. felt like it was something that we should hide. Anyway. Absolutely, we felt like it was more. You know, it actually I think made us even more real for people, all of us, collectively. But also, you know, one of the, uh, a, a couple of comments uh, that have been mentioned about favorite moments relate to uh, uh, when when you read an email from a listener thanking you for relating Megan. your story about Ferris and how much it had helped her. Um, and, uh, you know, that, uh, so, I mean, it's it's one of the, it's the other side of it that, that you know, um, Sometimes it's tough to open ourselves up on some of the things that are really personal, but then when you hear that it actually you know moves someone or helps someone, and that's one of the things I told him. I said there has we have to have at least one listener, if not more, that knows someone or has a child with Down syndrome or some sort of special need. You know, I said so. Us sharing that it just makes us even more real. Yeah, because basically we're voices in a little box mm-hmm. to some people. I think the emails that come in. Where people tell us, I was in the hospital and I listened to your shows. I'm an overnight nurse and you're the people I listen to. Um, or driving trucks at night through mm-hmm. Scotland. That's mm-hmm. the one. It, it always, that will stay with me forever. I, I remember the sitting who went through chemo. 
yeah. listening to us. Right. Very, very powerful. But get, that one where that man said he was an overnight trucker in Scotland, and that just seemed, at the time, such an exotic location that there was a man driving through what I expected to be that sort of foggy Scotland countryside. <laughs> I don't know. And then he was listening to us in the middle of the night. Us. There was somebody who worked in a salt mine. Right. Because I see you all every week. I don't think of you as the, you know, I don't know. I don't think of us as something you'd want to listen to in the middle of the night when you're driving in Scotland. I don't know. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? It's yeah. hard to put those, connect those dots. Right. I see on here, like someone wrote, uh, when Kevin says, I apologize, and then steps on someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try not to. We all no, no, to it's right, but it's going to happen. But at least you say, I apologize. None of us do. i'm trying to go through the archives when did walter join us walter started on the show i want to say it was around april of 2009 or 2008 no it was 2008 because it was right before bob died yeah it was right before bob died but he wasn't always necessarily you know, talking. He'd come and he he was more of a peanut gallery kind of person right. at first. I don't, I can't speak for Walter, but he seemed a little unsure of actually jumping in and. Well, this is you know, this you know, this is you know, the show's crazy, and you know, especially when there's <laughs> six of us at the table, it's every man for himself. If you got to say something, you better you better jump in. And you have to have a thick skin. Oh yeah. Yeah, real thick. Was it uh, conscious when? Walter came, or was he just coming to be here? Or no, it was it was it was conscious. Okay. It was yeah. No, I, I wanted to involve just... him. I wanted to involve him more. Uh, he wanted to be involved more, and I thought you know my feeling was that Walter and I. I think it's been borne out multiple times that Walter brings a perspective so different than the rest of us. In that, you know, there's a lot of there are a lot of listeners who have. Significant others, husbands, wives, partners, who are not as into Disney as they are. And, you know, finding things and finding experiences that appeal to those folks. Um, and I think Walter's kind of brought that voice in. He's brought that voice of, of you know, I hate to put it like this, but he's kind of brought that, that man-husband perspective that man, husband, not into Disney perspective. Yeah, I'm yeah, just here for some, the beer. <laughs> we did some wonderful things like going uh, fishing, all of us, to try to find different things to do at Disney. So that we was went a fishing. funny segment. We rented the Winnebago with uh, Will and stayed at Fort Wilderness. I mean, mm-hmm. we did a lot of excellent things to find different things to talk to our readers about. So that's been one Listeners, of the more. Yeah. Well, you were, also, yeah, you were also someone who was willing to do things we weren't willing right. to do. <laughs> You know, ziplining and things yeah, like you that. You were that dirty jobs kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked when we did the ABD trip. I had asked Walter ahead of time what were his favorite moments because, you know, I'd heard, like, where the Disney geeks, what their moments were. And the moments that meant a lot to Walter turned out to be, like, some of the moments mm-hmm. that, that really meant a lot to me. So if you take an ABD trip with Walter, be sure you ask him what his fam- and favorite And, you know, are. I'll, uh, well, yeah, I'm, Walter will certainly share his favorite moments, but I know, uh, especially more recently, um, g- I know that you've really enjoyed getting to meet and spend quality time with some of our listeners on some of these trips that we've done. That, you know, that's, I, I think you've really enjoyed that, that part of it. 
when Kevin talks about it, sometimes it's hard to take in what the show means to people. And I was talking to one of our listeners on one of the trips, and he was saying how he was listening to us while he was getting chemo. And that was the one thing he looked forward to every week. I went up to Pete, and he's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? It was all I could do not to bust out crying. Because oh, yeah, yeah. it was just so touching. He's like, oh, you don't know what y'all meant to me. This is what kept me going. And you're just like, you're so overwhelmed when you hear someone say that. But it's so you're really grateful that people enjoy it, and it does help them when yeah. you actually do it. So. Mm-hmm. There's something else which is um, someone has said to me, which I really am very proud of. They said, We're, it's really amazing that you guys are so open about being gay. I never knew or met or actually talked to someone who was gay. And you've made me realize that you're no different than the rest of us. And I thought to myself, that was really kind of... Why? Mm-hmm. That was why we did it. That's right. why we're very open about it because... But I think for somebody to come up and say to you, listen, I never knew anybody, or at least I never knew anybody who was openly honest about it, and you've changed my opinion, and I think that's really kind of a good thing. Yeah. And, well, I mean, that has always been my... My, my thinking has always been that I don't need to march in a parade and I don't need to protest outside something or anything like that. The best thing I can do uh, to uh, promote equal rights for gay men and lesbians is to be myself and be honest about who I am and let people see me and my relationship as it is. I am with somebody for 10 years. This is about to get political. Um, it's 2011. I've been in a committed monogamous relationship with another adult for 10 years, and I'm still not allowed to get married. That I have to create a contractual marriage, and I have to jump through all these hoops in order to legally have that relationship recognized. And the reason being is, and the reason that that, that exists is ignorance. It is ignorance that that is the reason that situation exists. Yeah, it's educating <clears throat> So I can't change the world, but I can change my small, tiny, insignificant piece in it and just be honest about who I am. And if my marriage to Walter somehow threatens yours, your marriage was screwed up long before I came along. <laughs> Most definitely. Okay, so this whole defensive marriage crap is just that it's a it's a it's a shield it's a shield for ignorance and intolerance and bigotry i mean i think living your life open and honestly is the best way to to you know educate people that's why i chose to be openly fat <laughs> I don't want to be closet fat anymore. I'm tired of hiding my fatness. Well, you know, the closet got a little tight, right? Well, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry until we get the single ladies dance. You're not completely out of the closet. Embrace, embrace your fatness. Dance the dance of the seven veils, Mary. Oh, a great podcast moment. The shirtless man is back yeah, in the window. Na- yeah, there's a naked man. There's a naked man. The half-naked man uh, doing the neighbor's lawn. <laughs> I just lawn. was going to say that. Oh, the naked man's back. But is it the pretty naked man or the ugly naked man? I, I know. only saw his chest. Was he wearing a sweater? Or was that just his chest? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was wearing oh, a It's the ugly naked man. Um, um, uh, to go with uh, being openly gay. Um, when I Oh, no, you're not coming out in front no, of your no, mother, no, are no, you? no, no, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> Your mother's back there having a heart attack. <laughs> he kissed the girl and he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before, get the paddles for Tracy. <laughs> before I met you guys, um, uh, my, my mom had a dinner with uh, John and Kevin, and she had told me that you guys were gay. And I was like, oh my god, what am I going to do? Uh, how am I going to act? And all that. When I met you guys... It was like talking to normal people to uh, <laughs> interact with normal people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was no. more scared no, I was like, going to eat off his plate. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'll, I'll agree with that because coming from Pittsburgh, we didn't have a lot of exposure to gays. And meeting you two couples, honestly, yeah. you you two couples are the people I when I see that people gays can't get married it just makes me so furious because you two couples are the first two couples that should get married I mean you can honestly see the love in both couples here and it's it just really upsets me when I see shallow narrow-minded people that can't look past a name and not I challenge anybody that if they met you I totally would, agree. Would well, feel. you know, I, and I think, you know, for me, I'll speak for myself. I've gotten to the point where I'm over it. Um, I don't need, you know, I don't need anything to validate my relationship except the love in my heart. And, uh, you know, we are choosing to have, we're, we're choosing to throw what is turning into one mighty expensive party uh, for our friends the afternoon of December 10th to share that. Um, you know, we're calling it a ceremony. Um we, we do plan to go to New York on my birthday and get legally married in the city of New York. Ooh, that's I, exciting. I want Good to be legally married. I want, you know, I want a piece of paper. And in New York. Uh, from New York. Mm-hmm. I, that's, I, th- and, and that's something. Because, and the re- only reason I'm even doing that is because there are my, members of my family that can't make it down um, uh, on the 10th of December that can be there for that. And I want to have that experience with, my, with members of my family. And you should. Why but, should that be mm-hmm. taken away from exactly, you? Exactly. Exactly. So... You know, it's you be who you are, and and it it wasn't challenging for me doing it on the show because I've been I was doing it in business in the business from the very very beginning. There was never an, a time where I had pronoun trouble. Um, you know, it was never my girlfriend or my you know my spouse or anything like that. No, it was my husband. It's my husband. That's what I call Walter. He is my husband. You got a problem with that? Too bad. It's funny because I've never had trouble with it either, but I don't use that word. My feeling is I don't feel the need to define anything. If you've met John and I, there's no doubt in your mind who he is to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I've never had to say to anybody, this is my significant other. If you can't figure that out, then it's not worth me. it's not worth me making you know it. If you didn't figure it out or you're not close enough to me, then it's none of your business. It's not something I've ever felt the need to sit down and verbalize or to define. You just see us and you know. That's for sure. I had zero gaydar before I started working you know, mm-hmm. for, for the site. You still have zero gaydar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah, yours is broken. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just assume. Um, one of the things that I asked some of our, our listeners to do, and not a lot of them did it, but some did, um, and uh, these guys all deserve pin and lanyards or T-shirts for doing this, was to do some impressions 
of us. And I haven't listened to these, so I have no idea how good or bad they are. And we are all going to take it with a great sense of humor, because who knows how bad these are going to be. No, they actually were pretty good. I've listened. Were they? Mm-hmm. All right. So, forgive me, because I don't have the names of everybody who... I, I, I will, I'll send it oh. to you, Julie, so that you have it. Um, but I just have the audio files here, so forgive me. Here is one of uh, someone doing the news by Coach Summer. Coach Summer on the boards, reading the news according to John. First, on a happy note, er, three, two, one. On a sad note today, a Brazilian group perished today on their freedom bo- as their freedom boat sank. The Fari sank on its way to Epcot. Courtney Hall, reporting from the park, said that most guests were unaware of the accident, but guests did note that the fast pass lines moved a little more quickly and the park in general seemed less crowded. Moving out to the West Coast, Dave Parfait reported on a new exhibit for the D23 Expo. For an additional charge of 976, D23 members could view an exhibit called the Mind Behind the Parks. For the additional fee, members were led into a room with a single table in it. On the table was a glass case with the initials of WD on it, in the case what looked like a frozen human brain. Cast members would neither confirm nor deny the meaning of the WD on the glass, but did confirm that the proceeds from the exhibit were going into a fund for the Disney Web Design Improvement Fund. Moving to the Disney Cruise Line, it was announced today that Disney teamed up with the BP Oil Company. BP said they would sponsor a glass bottom for the new fantasy ship as long as Disney... Oh, that's where it cuts off. <laughs> that's the whole file. There's not enough death and destruction in there to for an actual <laughs> news story. We need some mayhem. All right, well, let's hear the next one, which is uh, Kevin doing a review of McDonald's. This is hilarious. John and I were out running some errands earlier this week, and we were talking about uh, what restaurant we were going to review for the show when we happened to drive by a place that we'd never noticed before. The name of the restaurant is McDonald's. I don't know if any of you have heard of that before, but it's located out on the corner of Osceola Parkway and Buena Vista Drive. It seemed pretty busy when we drove by, so we thought we'd stop back later in the week. I called to make an ADR, only to be told that McDonald's doesn't take reservations. John and I thought this was kind of odd, but we decided we'll just show up and see what happens. So we get there last Friday night around 7 o'clock, and it was pretty full, but sure enough there were a few tables open. So we stood at the entryway, waiting to be seated, and we waited waited until finally one of the employees cleaning tables asked if he can help us. Well, I explained that we're waiting for a table, and he says that we're welcome to seat ourselves, but we first need to place our order at the counter across the way. Uh, At this point, John and I are looking at each other like, Okay, walking involved, not exactly what we signed up for, (laughs) but what the heck, let's go for it. So, we make our way over to the counter, where we're greeted by a lovely young lady who asked to take our order. 
I asked to see a menu and she explained that their offerings are all displayed on the menu board behind her. Kind of interesting. So John and I start reading the menu board and now I don't know about you but uh, wouldn't you think a restaurant like Mc- with a name like McDonald's is going to have some Scottish cuisine? <laughs> you know, mutton, grouse, haggis. But uh, surprisingly, there was none of that. In fact, the menu seemed rather pedestrian, with the entrees heavily focused on beef, although I did see some chicken dishes on the menu. I asked if they had a house specialty, and the young lady replied, I guess you mean the Big Mac. Well, that sounded kind of fun, so I asked her to describe it. And she says the Big Mac is... um, just a sec. I apologize. i got to get my glasses on here. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Big Mac is two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed bun. Sounds yummy, doesn't it? Well, John decides he'll have that. Then I see they have pork on the menu, something called the McRib Sandwich. And I asked how the ribs are prepared. St. Louis style or Kansas City perhaps now the young lady gives me this look like I'm crazy or something before finally stating that she has no idea how the ribs are prepared Uh, so then I decide you know maybe this isn't the best place to be ordering ribs so uh, anyway then I ask if there's any seafood on the menu and she says they have a filet o fish sandwich (laughs) Again, sounds yummy, right? So that's what I go with. Now we're asked if we'd like to make these sandwiches extra value meals. Well, John and I are always on the lookout for a good value. So I say, tell me more. She explains that the extra value meal includes our sandwich as well as something called French fries, (laughs) the appetizer, I presumed, and a beverage of our choice. So, we go with the two extra value meals. And now here's something else that was a bit odd. We had to pay before our food was served. Very unusual. Anyway, it really wasn't a big deal, as our food was ready almost immediately. Now, I have to tell you, I was kind of disappointed when I saw that the French fries were brought out with our sandwiches. I've said this before, but Disney restaurants are notorious for bringing all your food out at the same time. <laughs> and I usually recommend you order this your This doesn't sound anything like that. And then once that's brought out, you order your entree. But with all the confusion, John and I neglected to do this, and so now there we were with all our food. So with some disappointment, we took our food and found an empty table. Now, here's where things get better. John and I started with the French fries, and I have to tell you, they were spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> we were literally moaning as we're eating these things. They were that good. The French fries were crisp, well seasoned, just delightful. And now, I'm a bit of a red sauce snob, but McDonald's has a sauce, almost a gravy actually. No, I apologize. I don't remember the name of it. It really <laughs> complimented the French fries. Why Chefs de France and Bistro de Paris don't offer this lovely French treat is beyond me. Anyway, moving on to the entrees. John's Big Mac looked okay, 
However, when I unwrapped my fillet of fish, and now mind you, when I think fish fillet, I think cedar plank salmon or maybe herb encrusted tilapia. But when I saw my fillet of fish sandwich, all I could see what was what could only be described as a sad little fish cake staring back at me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a square piece of fried fish covered with cheese and tartar sauce. Not very appealing. So, with low expectations, we bit into our sandwiches, and now I have to tell you, surprisingly, they were good. Quite good, in fact. The taste more than made up for the lack of presentation. Our food was gone in no time, and we actually found ourselves licking the sandwich wrappers. (laughs) Now, the menu is the same for lunch and dinner. Uh, McDonald's does serve breakfast, and I wish I could give you a review of that, but of course that would require John and I to actually get up in the morning, (laughs) and you and I know that ain't going to happen. Surprisingly, McDonald's doesn't accept the Tables in Wonderland discount (laughs) but the two of us were still able to get our meals for under $20, although, mind you, that was without dessert or alcohol. So, anyway, we're sitting there enjoying our meal, and we're thinking, how do you define this dining experience? And John came up with something kind of catchy. He called it fast food. And I thought, yeah. That pretty much describes it, you know. It's quick, convenient, inexpensive. I could get used to this. Now, this isn't really a destination restaurant. You probably wouldn't plan your evening around a trip to McDonald's. However, if you want something tasty, fast, and at a reasonable price, I think you could do a lot worse. So I say give it a try. Now, one of the things I ask myself when doing a restaurant review is, could this place exist outside the theme park environment? In other words, (laughs) is this place good enough to stand on its own merit? And I think in the case of McDonald's, yeah. I think this is the kind of restaurant that could make it outside of Disney World. In fact, and now don't quote me on this, but I wouldn't be surprised if one day you see McDonald's all across the country, and it could even go global. The food is that good, and I think McDonald's has really hit on something here with this fast food concept. So anyway, that's our review of McDonald's. And now I just want to remind everyone, this is just a snapshot, a moment in time. It's just one piece of information for you to process as you make your decision on where to dine. I'm not guaranteeing your experience will be similar to ours, so just take this review for what it is. Uh, And now I want to mention that for upcoming shows, John and I have decided that we'd like to revisit some of our favorite restaurants on property. And we'll be starting with my personal favorite, Shutters, over at the Caribbean (laughs) Resort. So be sure to look out for that review next week. Oh, and one last thing. Hi, Anthony. Wow. That was uh, Todd Butkowski who did that. I thought that was really good. That sounds familiar to me. That was awesome. He was great. He did an awesome, I don't know who he was doing. (laughs) He really uh, really captured He may have sounded like you, but he totally captured. He captured the elements, yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. awesome. He really did. That was a great job, Todd. He must be a big fan of your reviews. He must have listened to a bunch of them. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thanks, Todd. You know that or they're all the same. Apparently. <laughs> I think that. I got to tell you. I got to tell you. <laughs> so I have to know, though. Do you guys, do you like Big Macs or filet of fish Actually, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing. We're dollar menu kind of guys. I get the double cheeseburger for a buck. I'm telling you, it's great. I got to oh, tell I'm you. I'm with you on that. All right, our next impression is of me, and this comes from Gabriel. All right, all right, already. Excuse me. Excuse <laughs> me. This Starbucks coffee that this housekeeper is pushing is swill. Okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is. It's burnt and bitter. It's crap. Crap, 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 crap. Well, Gabriel, uh, that was not all Gabriel submitted. He also did some, apparently, uh, what I'm guessing is Mickey Mouse impressions for the show. So here's more Gabriel. Hey, guys, it's Chum from the boards. Happy anniversary. I know you asked for some impressions of the team, uh, but uh, I'm going to stray from that a little bit. Here's my impression of Mickey Mouse. Maybe one day he should be on the panel. Anyway, here we go. Hey, everybody. It's your old pal, Mickey Mouse. Congratulations, Pete. Gosh, has it really been five years? Keep up the great work, and I'll see you real soon. Keep up the great work, guys. I love the show. And again, happy anniversary. Thank you very much for that, Gabriel. That's uh, that's really nice. Like I said, we didn't get a lot of them. We got just a couple of them, but I thought that was... Uh, that was cute. Um, one of the uh, favorite moments that one of our listeners said and really, uh, really got to me, his name's Timothy from Richmond, Virginia. He writes, Hi, Diz Crew. I thought about several different shows to pick for my favorites. Spooktacular, Fudgy Pickles, and Mojitos all come to mind. But for me, my favorite moment came on the 9-9-2010 Dizboard show. In this show, Pete brought up the Diz singles threat. I usually stuck pretty close to the Diz Unplugged and Theme Park boards, but Pete mentioned the singles thread and talked about how the women outnumber the men. As a single male Disney fan, I thought, what do I have to lose? I posted a profile that week and didn't expect much to happen. Four months later, shortly after the podcast cruise, I got a private message that changed my life. On Monday, February 7th, I began talking to another board member. By Wednesday, I had a date planned for that Saturday, and by Sunday, I had fallen in love. Aww. And now, nearly six months later, we're planning our trip to Disney World in October, where I plan on asking her to be my wife. I've sent emails with questions about ADB, ABD, DCL, and WDW. Today, I want to wish all of you a happy five years, and thank you for being my friends and introducing me to my best friend. With love, Tim. Another love connection. Another love connection. I'm going to have to go on that board. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, Kathy. That's where where Tracy and Chris met. I'm safety mom if anybody wants to send me a PM on the disboards. <laughs> She's putting shout outs on the podcast. Yeah, really. If you're, if you're not, you know, uh, put off by marrying a celebrity and living in her shadow, yeah. by all means. How about you, Teresa? Why don't you tell, talk to us about your favorite moment from the podcast? You've been on for a couple of years. Three years, which I can't believe. Three? Wow. Is it really three? It's been three years. Well, one good one. One good one. Um, this wasn't really a segment, but 
and I don't remember when it happened, but I remember sitting across from John, and I think it was the news. It might have been a rapid fire. I don't remember. But he started talking about Tudis for Tanner. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember thinking, what the crap is he talking about? Tudis, Tudis. And then we looked at his copy and realized he was talking about tutus. Tutus <laughs> <laughs> Patanner is a, is a, a big vote getter. Yeah. Tutus. I can't look at Stella with her tutus on without. <laughs> what's really? I get funny a private giggle every time. <laughs> what's really funny about that is, you know, what, just listening to him, you know how intelligent he yes. is. Yes. And to have someone just be that oblivious to the fact that there was a tutu. Word. I think it sounds dumber. Tutus. <laughs> I think tutus made more it's sense. It's just a private giggle. And another thing that has been special for me is um, meeting people in person and also through Facebook that mm-hmm. are listeners. Some of them are have become true, genuine friends. Yes. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's just amazing how how big our world has gotten mm-hmm. through that. And I don't know. I just think it's amazing. And. I wouldn't call John a genius, but he is like the funniest guy in the world to me. Absolutely funny. <laughs> Scares the crap out of me, but funny, funny, funny. I'd say that John's easily the funniest person at the table. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But when Pete cracks up where he can no longer speak, no matter what right. funny thing it is, and he just turns like beet red and goes back <laughs> in his chair like he's seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually something in his head he's thinking about. Yeah. And we're right. like, what, what the He's crap? written he's his own it? jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, I can't say them on the show. Right. John makes me laugh every day. Yeah, no, no. I have to say, Teresa, because you said that. Um, I think one of my favorite things is when we sit down before we record, and it might be like a serious show, and he doesn't want to have any edits, and he goes, "We all need to watch what we say." <laughs> <laughs> thinking, um, right. I think it's just you. Really? <laughs> all the heads are saying, thinking the same. Thing. Yep. Really? When has anybody else ever had a bad word? Teresa. Teresa. (laughs) You had the S word recently that we had to edit out. But what's so funny about that is it's so rare. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, we say things that we regret saying. We say things and we think to ourselves, should I have said that? Shouldn't I have said that? Yeah, but I'm guessing guessing the only person that sends Max an email saying, pull this out, pull that out, is me. Oh, yeah, I've never done that. (laughs) Because he gets it at least once a week. At least once a week, Max goes, you know what? Mm, pull that out. I shouldn't have said that. Or pull this out. He I does shouldn't warn have said. us. Watch what we say. Because a, a lot of times it's hard to take stuff out of context. You know? Yeah. Where we'll think it's funny because of backstories and things like that. It's just not appropriate. Exactly. Um, another great show memory comes from Jay Myers, who writes, uh, My favorite podcast memory will always be hearing my daughter, Ashley, who was eight at the time, talking on the podcast via a voicemail. She sent in a voicemail to Bob about his Will Robinson pin. This was right before he yeah. died. No, Christopher Robin. But that's no, what he called no, no, no. it. Yeah. That's what Bob, no! Bob no! called it. I was like, Christopher that a Robbins. Um, Will Robinson? Yeah. No, it's from Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which turned out it, it turned out to be Bob's last show. That pin holds a special spot in her collection. She hasn't even tried to sell it, despite the fact that Bob said it was going to be worth a lot of money someday. <laughs> Thanks for what you do. Happy anniversary. Jay Myers, Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, there's a funny year. story about that pin. Funny, funny that day. came out just past the cusp of the highest point of pin trading. And what happened was it was a limited edition of 1,000, and several of the other pins had become very valuable. And what happened was you would hear about a pin being released on a certain day in a remote location of the park, 
and they released those pins at the pin cart on the west side of downtown Disney. And we just happened to be standing in front of the cart when they put them out. So we bought a couple. And it was Christopher Robin from Winnie the Pooh. Well, Bob decided this was how he was going to retire. And he bought like 25 of them. <laughs> Every week we'd go out to dinner and he'd say, is my Will Robinson pin worth anything? Right. <laughs> Bob, I hate to tell you this, you kind of can't give them away. <laughs> but I have 25 of them. And we tell him, just hang on to them. They're going to be worth money someday. <laughs> so for him to tell her, it's going to be worth money someday. It was Cute. funny. So how about you, Mr. Scott? Um, no, it's been a relatively only, short time. Yeah, it's only been six months. Of course, the Wyoming trip report was interesting. You've listened to the entire back catalog by now, right? Sure. <laughs> sure have. That um, was Scott's baptism by fire, that show. <laughs> no, that was fun. Um, less less of like uh, an experience here, um, but a pretty cool thing is I have had multiple times finishing a set at Mulch and have somebody come up, are you Scott? So I don't oh, know. If, really? Yeah, I That's don't know cool. if this happens to all of the drummers out there, but <laughs> probably not. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I've had a couple of people come up. Are you Scott? Yeah, I, I listen to you on the Diz Unplugged. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And one of them, um, he actually has friends who saw my band Megaphone play at the Daytona International Speedway. And then found out we're playing at the House of Blues. And so he's like, yeah, I know you from the Diz, but my friend saw your band, so we're going to come see you at the House of Blues. I was like, wow, it's just such a small world. And it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of cool it's how cool. that has happened. How do you like being the uh, the line of fire when the show's not up? And they all, like, pounce on, where's Scott? How come the show's not up? I, I've never seen anybody, like, ask where it is. That's because he that doesn't read the board. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> No, Scott's done an awesome job getting that show. No, he's up. done a really good job, but, but well, let's let, let's 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 make up. sure we give credit where credit is due. Max, make sure those shows are edited really quickly. Oh yeah, he. Ne- I, I'm telling you, it's, it, I, I I never have to go back and re-edit his shows, and they are done that night. Um, he he. The minute he leaves here, he goes right to working on these shows, and I just feel bad because there are sometimes. That if the, if the show doesn't go up on time, if the show is not up like early in the morning, it's because I'm holding it back because I either want to listen to it because – and the only reason I ever do that is because there's something in there that I'm not 100% sure I want to leave in. So I tell them just you know, let me hear it first and then let me decide if I want to edit that out and then I'll edit it out and put it up. But that's the only time it ever goes up late. Um, they do a great job and then Scott makes sure it gets up on the site and everything gets updated they both do a great job making sure that gets done. So I'm ro- I'm rolling through the archives, and it's a huge improvement. The show notes pages for each of the individual shows. Mm-hmm. Doing a great job. Yeah, Doing a great job. How about you, Max? Why don't we? Why don't you tell? You know, you've been around for a couple of years now. What uh, What are some of your favorite moments? I like the show I got to cook at. <laughs> we should do that more often. I think he is his mother's son, isn't he? He likes. He really likes to cook, though. I mean, that's you know that he. He's our he's, hop sing. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that making Joe Cartwright or what? <laughs> it's the Cartwright brothers. 
<laughs> oh, good Lord. But he does. He likes. He's he, a cooker. He I mean, he loves cooks to cook. all the time. He doesn't clean up after himself, but he cooks. Oh, the so. cook never has to clean up. Oh you always tell Sorry, me. Really oh, I cooked, so I don't have to clean up. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> that should go both ways, Teresa. <laughs> but, um, all right, one more, uh, one more uh, listener comment. Uh, dear podcast crew, how can one narrow down just one favorite moment from the past five years? I surely cannot. I stumbled across the podcast about three and a half years ago, shortly before Bob's passing. The memorial show you all did uh, for him really touched me, and I didn't even know him. But as many have stated before, we listeners feel connected to the podcast team in a strange way. From the Martin's children being born, to the power of 10 for Give Kids the World, to the recent passing of Mrs. Close, we as listeners have felt joy, sadness, happiness, pride, and every other emotion over the years. You cannot pick just one favorite moment. It's impossible. I'm a driver for a company and spend many hours on the road and look forward to the weekly podcast to help make my work day better. While I rarely post on the boards, I am more of a lurker. I listen to the podcast religiously. The discussions and reviews have most definitely helped me with our trip planning, but it also helps to keep me connected to the world and the land. I've only been to Disney World just once for a few days to run in the half marathon in January 2010 and to, the, and to Disneyland just once for a few days to run in the half marathon there in September 2010. But via the podcast and the boards, we've made the most of our limited time and enhanced our time at both locations. And maybe more importantly, the podcast helps keep us connected to our favorite place where great memories were made. We hope to make a return trip to Disney in 2012 or maybe even an ABD trip, which I would never have known about if it wasn't for the podcast. Podcast crew, keep up the great work for another five years. I look forward to many more reviews, opinions, discussions, and, of course, rants. Thank you all for your hard work. It is greatly appreciated from all of us podcast listeners. Best wishes to all the Diz Unplugged crew, Sebastian Lopez. Thank you very, very well much, written. Sebastian. Yeah. That was beautiful. Very nice. Um, last but certainly not least, my husband, Walter. Um, I'd like to hear your some of your favorite memories. <clears throat> I think it's really the wonderful things I got to do that I would not have done without the podcast. The things we've done on Castaway Key, the uh, the parties we've had, getting to meet people. It was really weird on the first podcast when people would, would show up and say, "Can I have your autograph?" And I, I started laughing. I'm like, "You're kidding me, right?" And then they actually had an autograph book, and you're just like, "Oh my mm -hmm. god, this is so freaky." <laughs> um, and I really do believe listening to people who have gone through really hard times and they said they really look forward to this because it made them laugh and it made whatever they're going through a lot easier it's really nice to hear stories like that and we've heard several you know people that really look forward because it took took away whatever bad time they were having and it took them to a happier place I, I really enjoy hearing stories like that so that's my two favorite things, the things we got to do and helping people along the way. Walter has become quite the celebrity. He really has. He really has. It's 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 really cool. It's and really cool. He's peace. the first lady of the Diz. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? And I wish for world peace. <laughs> 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 Miss Podcast 2011. <laughs> I also think I have one more. We just had that meet at uh, the Star Wars meet. And we had the service man hand us a flag who told us that he was mm -hmm. so yeah. happy to hear the podcast that he brought us a flag that he flew over his base. In Afghanistan. In Afghanistan. And I think to myself, wow. Yeah, you know, that that definitely was 
the most meaningful gift I think uh, I've ever been given uh, since we started doing the show. Uh, when he told me that, I got I got emotional. I got emotional when he told me that. I think it's representative of a lot of people. If we're making your day any better, if we're helping you get through a traffic jam or chemotherapy or war or just made you smile, it's worth what we do. But mm-hmm. I also want to point out that um, I'll speak for myself. Uh, a lot of you make my day, my week, my month, my year, the last five years of my life uh, so much better. Um, uh, some of you, some of the people that have come into my life uh, over the course of the last five years uh, have really made a huge, a huge difference to me. They have become such close friends, such dear friends, and such real friends. And we've had certainly had our share of challenges where we got to find out who our real friends were. It's awesome and because, you know, some of those real friends, you know, I get personal emails telling me when their upcoming trips are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that I can make plans to see oh, them. I yep. I think we, it's oh, awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. And, and to think you have friends around the world. And exactly. Exactly. Real friends. And that has real been, friends, yes. That has been such an amazing, it's been an amazing blessing oh, to I don't me. count the foreigners. They <laughs> 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 don't. I, um, Especially the Canadians. It has, it ha- it has been... <laughs> It has been my pleasure. It has been my pleasure to uh, do this show, to host this show, to get a chance to spend every week uh, with these these great people that I share this room with. Um, oh gosh, let's end with a great. It pack. has been <laughs> <laughs> too much, Teresa. I'm sorry. It has been. It, it really. It has been a wonderful five years, um, and uh, here is to five more. Thank you all for this ride. It has been wonderful. And uh, we will be back with you again next week with another episode of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, we love you. <laughs>